You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we have, oh man, such a special guest in the studio today. I think, okay, so a few weeks ago we had our oldest guest and now we have our youngest guest, right? Yeah. I don't know how Pastor Tom felt about me calling him out. I don't know, man. I, I tried to rescue you, but you just I kept, you just kept I going. I were just like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I think, I think you handled it well. well I think he received it well. It was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> like yeah. Girl. Anyway, our mm. youngest guest, how old are you? I am 17 years old. Uh-huh. Cool. Guys, meet Menashe, our 17-year-old guest. Making me feel old, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not that old. He says I look like I could have finished school last year. You do, so, actually. Thank you. You thank do. Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys lying to me like this. No, but <laughs> you know I always deliver the straight goods, man. Ah, <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Manashe, why don't you... In fact, you know, just tell us a bit about who you are. Tell us about yourself. Okay, so hey everybody, uh, it's your local Light Skin Short King coming at you with another banger video. We're wow. out here just having fun, entertaining, and providing empowerment to all the students out there that feel a bit lost and broken because broken things can always be fixed. And being lost and broken is a good thing because it gives you more of yourself okay. to find. So I am just a 17-year-old kid who's been lost and trying to find himself lately because... Essentially, life is a quest for existentialism, discovering more about the self, discovering more about others and the relationships around you. So I've just, I'm obsessed with knowledge as itself. I am the biggest nerd you'll ever meet. I just love learning about (laughs) learning, except when it comes to sports. I'll just not understand soccer. That concept of people running after a piece of plastic and screaming, (laughs) um, I just don't understand. All right, all right, all right. So we've we've got another nerd in the building. Manashi kind of reminds me of myself. But cooler. But yeah, but cooler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So Manashi, you're 17. Uh, Manashi is the current head boy of St. John's High School. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great pleasure to have you in the studio, Manashi. Um, And our episode today is actually a very interesting one because today we're going to be talking about, which is the reason why we have Manashi in the studio. We're going to be talking about... Um, teenagers or Gen Zs, hmm. to be precise, Ama and 2000. Ama 2000, as they call them, um, and just the different challenges that they they have, and and also I feel like you know there's a lot of broken telephone between mm. them and the previous generations, where it's mm. like you know people often feel like ah these Gen Zs are lazy, these ladies are lazy, they just don't know this, so. We want to have that conversation with an actual Gen Z, right? Yeah. Um, somebody who's in high school and um, yeah, so I think it's going to be good. It is going to be good. How do you guys feel about the way you're represented? Like when someone says I'm a 2000, like it's just not a nice connotation. Like there's no good thoughts that come into my mind. Like, but does that make you guys feel some type of way? Or you just like these people just don't understand us? Well, I feel like a really good thing that our generation has learned to do is in a sense like shrug off the amount of hatred as well as the 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 crudeness towards the generation Mm. because personally i feel this is not like a bias because i'm in the generation Mm. but i feel like this is one of the most gifted generations highly intellectual technologically savvy innovative creative they come up with so many brilliant ideas every single day and sometimes it may not be what's conventional to the older generations because what is new is always frightening and different and scary Mm. for everyone i mean when you first learned to ride a bike it was scary you fell but you got back up but we haven't been granted that grace because yeah. it's always a, hey you are lazy I mean what's sorry if we didn't walk 25 kilometers to school every day <laughs> why, why did your accent just change there <laughs> because <yeah. laughs> there's a podcast we can change things because clearly those of us <laughs> are above uh, are you mocking are you mocking us bro? Are you, are you mo- no, no talk I, like that is that, is, that, is that how we sound to you <laughs> respect for the older generations because we wouldn't you you have laid the foundation Mm -hmm. like there's so many amazing things that our parents do and that they're doing that so many of our kids are learning from for example the persistence that your generation has 
I mean, you have so many countless stories of people coming from rural areas and making billion dollar businesses. Yeah. And even in this generation, we have people with NFTs creating billion dollar businesses from their own homes and from their cell phones. And I think people just don't appreciate that it's a different world and things can be done differently in yeah. our but I think let me pick up on that because it is a different world, very much so. And like you said, new can be a bit frightening. So when we put ourselves in, like we take ourselves back to when we were teenagers, we still are just like, but these kids are out of hand because the world you guys are interfacing with is totally different from the one we were. When I was in high school, you had to sign in your phone and then you only get it like for two hours every day if you even wanted i didn't have a need for it (laughs) i didn't like some days i wouldn't sign out my phone because i didn't need it like who do they need to talk to my friends were there i didn't call my parents so like a phone was not like something that i had to have with me all the time Hmm. and i think when we look at you guys we're like these people are phone obsessed they're always on whatsapp they're always online they just can't live without their phones and there's also a lot of dangers that seem to come through those phones, such as pornography or whatever might pop up on people's phones from time to time. So we really struggle to understand like why you guys are so phone obsessed. Well, I feel the phone has become the world. With the glo- issues of globalization and innovation, people have technology at their fingertips. You can talk to someone in Asia in america from just the tap of your fingers and that's the amazing diversity that comes with technology because with instagram like i'm I'm a social media freak personally i do so much media work and i'm always on my phone Mm -hmm. i mean my my mom is always like ah you never listen to me you're always on your phone but at the same time it's not just for entertainment it's it's for work for me actually advancing my graphic design career my marketing career and parents don't necessarily understand that sometimes yeah because it's not necessarily obsession, but Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs did, you know, do us dirty when they created this little addictive box that's always in our hands. Yeah. But it's, it's back in the day, you still had your little letters, you had your gigs. There's so <laughs> many. Wow. Okay, but we had those things, guys. It's not like letters. Be honest. Thing. Yes. I me, mean, I used to write letters. I'm sure you wrote letters, Cookie Monster. Kiss before you open. <laughs> Then you spray, and, then you spray Gio you on the Adam. Wow. And then you know if there's red ink, ah, there's some chew, there's some rhymes being spit in that data. Someone's shooting some loving tones. If they're using the red pen. <laughs> because these days people just send emojis. There's no love in it anymore. There's so much passion and creativity back then. But now, uh, I mean, even if you look at relationships these days, people are so materialistic. People are like, ah, if he doesn't have an iPhone, the latest version, wow. mm, I'm not going to talk to him. I mean, personally, I'm a, I'm a short guy. You know how hard it is to get girls as a short guy? <laughs> I mean, this other girl once came up to me and was like, I, I would I date you. Relate, man. I would, but she was like, ah, I don't want one of my kids to look like the seven dwarves. Wow. I do that. Wow. And think about what it does to someone's wow. mindset and their self-esteem. People oh are cruel in this Okay, but I can get that. Uh, but then, I don't know if that's really... Is that a feature of our time or is that just human nature? Because I think... Yeah. There's certain things that are just... Girls are mean. <laughs> there's certain things I that agree. are just... That, that I think are just human nature uh, induced. And so... <laughs> that's funny, Bill. I'm not sure. You're funny. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Uh, but just, just, I just want us to circle back to the issue about um, that T Mac raised about you listening to your parents. Because mm. you know, one of the things I've noticed, I, I, I do. I'm part of the leadership at Youth, uh, which Manasha is a part of. But one of the things that I've noticed with, especially with your generation, is uh, the limited attention span. Yeah. Um, and then often just the lack of discipline. I know, you know, of course, we had, we had discipline issues when we were teenagers. But there's just this... We had fewer distractions, though, I think. I suppose. Yeah. So I'm saying when your parents say things like that, to say, hey, Monashe, you're not listening to me because you're always on your phone. Don't you think they actually do have a valid point that they're bringing up? That, you know, you guys have so many distractions and you're so caught up in this cyber world that mm. often you're, you're detached from reality. Do you think? 
Well, well, yeah, that's true. That's why there's so much romanticism of the golden ages of the nineties, because there was less of a distraction back then. Because having truly intimate, genuine conversations is really difficult in this very fast-paced world, mm. because everything is coming at you a million kilometers a second. So even trying to talk to someone, it's oh, hey, hi, how are you? It's never actually how are you mentally, emotionally, socially. What's going on in your life? Yeah. And you find those to be such a rarity. And that's why I, I completely agree with you when it comes to the attention span issue. Because I've noticed that like, as leaders and youth, to even get the attention of these people, we are working tirelessly night and day to find entertainment and gimmicks and yeah. tricks and card games to entertain these kids. When the true message should be primarily on the focus of God. Because then when you go to the main service, you feel that connection. Yeah. And it's just one man speaking yeah. the whole time, concentrating. Mm. Nothing but him and his charisma. And then when it comes to youth, you see all times of bells and whistles being used to actually get this connection. But you have to ask yourself, are people actually growing in their connection in God in this generation through that? Yes, usually that. Are they? <laughs> wow. Yeah, trying. I think I think they are, to some degree. Or some are. <clears throat> Definitely. Which I think is a perfect segue into um, what actually why we're here want want to talk about which is that you know yes so there's all these things that all these features of the generation all the different characteristics that you guys have and all these things that are happening mm. but i guess i want to focus on that for a second to say you know i i got saved when i was still in high school and it was a very different world then yeah you know we didn't have as many distractions and and stuff of course teenagers are teenagers mm. but um, hormones are hormones. Hormones are hormones. Yeah, even now, hormones are hormones. <laughs> <Even now. laughs> Don't they like fade away at some age? Mine, mine clearly aren't. Uh, so, but that's that's not the point of the conversation. Um, Menashe. <clears throat> yeah. So you're young. You are 17. You're on fire for God. You know, you're committed to youth and all of this. I want to know what what is it that has given you that that drive and that impetus to chase after the things of God when, you, when you've got so many other things you could be chasing and so many yeah. other distractions. Mm, I, uh, I'll be very honest. The biggest contributing factor was growing up in a God-fearing home. I have very influential parents who were pastors back in the day, and I just grew up watching them be so committed. You know, the prayer warrior mother going, it's three in the morning. Mm. Uh, that, that was me for, for years and years. And going to church on Sunday every single time. But I, I literally have like a baptismal certificate. 1 May 2022, that was when I was completely baptized. Mm -hmm. But I gave my life to Christ in 2020 in March, which was also the lockdown period. Yeah. Because I literally remember praying to God, give me a season where I can be on fire for you and be with you. And then he, he put me in the season where I had to put myself in a position of growing myself in peace because I couldn't be going out. Yeah. My intentional relationship with God was every morning praying late at night, understanding myself better because I am a nerd, like so obsessed with psychology and philosophy and trying to understand the self even better. But the difficulty comes with me because think about the generation that we're growing up in where I go to school and people are talking about pornography and masturbation. And then you go out and girls are being mean. And then you, you think about all the different crazy things that our generation is going through. As a junior counselor, even, we're trying to fight drug abuse right now yeah. the best way that we can. But it's, it's difficult because the pressure that's surrounded even from the previous generations when you tell us that we're lazy, it creates a degenerative and depressive slump, mm -hmm. which is really difficult and tricky for us to manage. But for me, I gained that fire from God because that's the safe space that I have. Because I have like an anxiety disorder. I remember my like when I was writing my O levels, I had like panic attacks like all the time. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. I'd be fainting all over the place. I'd be so moody, disoriented. But when I I started like on my wristband, it says Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, right. but present everything to God in prayer and petition. So I started doing that actively, having that faith consistently in God. And I also had like amazing God-fearing friends because being a pastor's kid, I was around other pastor's kids. Um. But there's always that dichotomy. There's the good pastor's kids, <laughs> and then there's the wild pastor's kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about you grounding yourself in what you stand for, finding that security in who you are and what you stand for. 
because when you don't when you stand for nothing you fall for anything yeah and that's the yeah. the generation that we're in when i say dropping bars they're dropping bars uh just quickly <clears throat> so you you said something that i i think well, two things that i just want to um, um highlight you mentioned the fact that you're a pastor's or that your parents played a pivotal role in molding you and and i guess shaping that example for you so that, that you could follow mm. which is brilliant <clears throat> the thing that i find interesting is that a lot of pastors kids um just <laughs> want to do everything else but that, the wayward ones yeah that's the first thing then you mentioned anxiety anxiety disorder which i think is an interesting term interesting terminology altogether because i find that things like depression anxiety all of that stuff almost seems to have become more proliferated yeah in in this in this age and yeah. this generation whereas i can't ever really remember a time when like when we were teenagers i can't really remember there being somebody who had uh like th- that was like, not like common mental health that was not common terminology yeah. you know what i'm yeah. trying to say kupenga no. No, no. <laughs> what, what, what would you call just, it? What would you call it? No, 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 no,
people don't want to be themselves because there's a lack of originality in the self. They end up overstimulating and trying to find that satisfaction in other people. Because in all truth, if you find satisfaction in yourself, you know what Disney Channel's always telling us? They're like, oh, be yourself and friends will come to you. That's actually a very true sentiment. But people don't want to do that. People love putting on this mask and we lack, we lack this consciousness because in as much as we're conscious, we are awake, we're still morally and intellectually asleep because we don't want that emotional intimacy and genuine connection with people. Okay. Yeah, no, I did not think this deeply when I was 17. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm listening to you and I'm so impressed. But I'm like, yeah, what was I thinking about at this age? What were you? What were you thinking what about? What were you thinking about? Because <laughs> you're talking about red ink and deal. What do you want to know now? Well, we know we know that you're an A student. You're writing songs for black uh, backslash. Oh yeah, of course you're you're writing you're writing song. songs and stuff. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Clearly, I was reading backslash. Tima, Tima actually has a very lovely voice, by the way. Really? Yeah, lovely singing voice, but used she just doesn't want to wanna used, sing. Used to have. Um, when I was 17, I was... You've been corrupted. You're chasing after money. <laughs> chasing after money. <laughs> but you must secure the bag. You I'm must sure, secure sure. the bag at all costs. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Here's the thing, Munashi. As I listen to you, I feel... I'm putting myself in the shoes of a parent who's listening mm. to this episode. And they're like, how can I get my child to be as... I don't want to use the word woke because I'm told that that's not a word we use anymore. As aware of themselves as you are. Sagacious. Sagacious. What's that? Being aware of the soul. Okay. Y'all heard it here. <laughs> Sagacious. I feel like the key to that is... <laughs> I, I have to come for the parents now because if if you as a parent are not secure in yourself, then uh, there's no way that you... Because what the father or the mother is, the child will also be tenfold. Because the habits that you set in place, the environment that you set in place is, is what your child ends up growing in. Because think about how um, if you grow up always shouting at your wife, you are an alcoholic, you are never at home, you're more at the golf course than with your family. Think about what example you're setting up for your child to be when they're a father. Because I have amazing supportive parents, they listen to me, they're kind, they're understanding. And when they reward when I do good. Yeah. But now parents would rather say pressure, ah, why are you not like this kid? That comparison that yeah, well, really makes there. you lose motivation as a whole. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, parents they just just learn to be genuine with your children. Mm. Be transparent. Because even I had to have conversa difficult conversations with my parents. I mean, even with like sometimes there'll be times where their marriage would be a bit rocky and I'd have to be the therapist for both of them <laughs> and like actually talk okay. to them. And think about it, when you see a grown man like breaking in tears, telling you a situation and you're like 13, of course that makes you mature years faster. Hmm. And think about it when you see your mother working tons of jobs just to put food on the table. Yeah. Of course that makes you want to make your parents proud. But now parents would rather say, as long as I'm paying school fees, I'm doing the job of the parent. Yeah. But being a parent is being a provider, a guide, a soul, a mentor, and a sister. Because as us as children of God, we gain that from the Father, who mm. is God. So if we lack that as parents, because we are all children of God, and we lack that truth where we are actually listening to each other mm -hmm. yeah. anymore, we rather appeal to judgment rather than instruction. And that's where we end up failing and lacking. But we're all human at our faults. Yeah. Do you feel that, Monasha? I'm listening to you. I'm, of course, I've, I've known Monasha for a long time, and of course, you know, Monasha is just a very he's just like a very interesting guy. Um, he's a sagacious guy, guys. I don't know. I now know the word. He's very sagacious. <laughs> Please. I want to use that for the next week or so. Anyone who so, meets me. So, Manashe, you know, I'm just listening to your response and thinking, wow, there's something that you said there that got me thinking, which I think is also a feature of, of your generation. The ability to, to speak to your parents mm. in a certain way. <laughs> um, be, no, of course, I know it's not the case across the board. It's not I like a ubiquitous thing where every this. single, where every single parent is like this. But what I am saying is that um, I've seen that there's almost this boldness 
that you guys have mm. yeah. that we never had, right? Yeah, I know. Where you can oh, chicken. Where man. where. <laughs> Shut up. No. We're, we're, <laughs> Our respect level is Yeah, man. Where, where you can talk to grown-ups in a certain way, where you can talk to your parents in a certain way, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But of course, it has, but of course has, has its downsides. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and and one, one of the downsides that I've seen is that... Rebellion and disrespect. Yeah, man. You, you guys... Yeah. Let me not say you guys. Your generation can be very... I don't want to say disrespectful, but very familiar where, where you don't know boundaries, where you don't know, yeah. you know, w- what it takes to to earn someone's yeah. respect, especially yeah. somebody who's older than you. Mm-hmm. True, fact. So there's this fact. familiarity. What yeah. I want to know from you, um, as somebody who's, I guess, Gen Z, how you're very respectful. You're very, um, very yeah, you're just a very respectful guy, which yeah. is why I like Aww. I like talking to you. Thank you. What? How have you managed to foster that? Uh, it it just goes back to, well, I I really romanticized the English language from a very young age, Clearly. and one of the I things that I would see vibe. was like how they say, "Oh, you're not eating with the queen constantly," you know. So I feel like having manners because, like, to to be provided with respect is to give it first. Because if you like, Maya Angelou once said, "If you always." hold your palm begging you will never actually be able to give Mm. so that's one thing that we need to learn as a generation because i've learned this as a head boy i can't like i can't go to the form ones and just start barking orders even though i have power vested in me like to teach is to change a life forever so i need to understand this person better learn about them but then the problem with our generation is where we think i can call the mother by the first name or something mm-hmm. and with this whole abolishment of corporal punishment kids feel you know a bit more confidence yeah and i don't feel like i'm not a whole spare the rod person but i feel like a more liberal parenting approaches is required but at the same time children always need instruction yeah because if you do spare the rod you are going to spoil the child and what are the connotations of spoiling you are creating a, a sense of a wayward path because Recently, my mom's tires were, like, misaligned. Mm-hmm. And at church, we're learning about the whole concept of alignment, right? Mm. So when the, the guy was telling us, like, when the tires are misaligned, it causes the car to go off track, mm-hmm. go off its original route. And that's what happens when our spirit is misaligned. When we don't move on track, we are losing ourselves. And the parent is the main guide. The parent needs to be the security for the individual, the security that they need. But now think about it. It goes back to the point where it's like, I'm always shouting at people i'm always rude at people i don't have a culture of actually um having manners thank you please think about what that creates in the home you just need to set up those boundaries because i have a dad who raised me to be a gentleman like from from the get-go like when i was in grade one before i could tie my shoelaces i had a handkerchief in my pocket i was always opening doors for people and even right now i carry vaseline breath mints because you never know who you're going to meet Mm. and it's just about the habits that you set up within yourself because even now i still learn from other youtube mentors on how to still be a more respectful mannered person okay i like i like the emphasis you're putting on the home wow because i think a lot of parents have gotten to the stage where they feel as though, and not only parents, maybe also older siblings or anyone who's surrounding Gen Z people, feels as though, look, ah, these guys are hopeless. I've tried everything. I've tried to guide. I've tried to pray. I've tried mm. to to model and be an example, but they're just not getting it. And we've kind of said, oh, well, it must be that school is where they're getting more influence from than the home. And people kind of just like throw their hands up and be like, oh, Saka, why should I even try? If I instill these values at home, by the time they get to school, they just totally throw them out the window. So what you're saying is basically flying in direct contradiction of that kind of, you know, stance. And would you say that's the case for most people? Like where they, their home situation plays a huge role in how they show up at school and remain throughout the day or people can be from these really good homes with parents like yours and then still just be wild <laughs> at oh, school well, yeah because 
essentially we we visit home and and we live at school if we're very honest about it we spend more hours at school our social constructs are created at school we are indoctrinated at school that's when we learn who we are it's true (laughs) it's indoctrination education if we're honest but um it's all about the I think you really need to choose the school that you're taking your kid to and know what values you're instilling. But I mean, we choose based on curriculum and general reputation of the school, but then the children that they meet when they are in school, I feel has a greater impact. Like your peers. That's that's the world. School is a microcosm of the world. You're going to meet different people, going to have to learn different skills. And it's, it's, it's really tricky because... Now, in the Western world, even, you see kids are learning their LGBTQs before their ABCs, and you know, they're really <laughs> losing themselves in that regard. Yeah. But I, I'm still yet to find a school that's, like, really... Because as a human species, we are consistently evolving, and we can never actually learn how to manage that evolution. Even if we set up all the curriculums, all the work, all the schools, mm. the, like you even see people sending the kids to the best schools in the country, and they yeah. still end up wild. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> but the best thing you can do for a kid is to raise them in poverty. If we're very honest, in poverty. Yeah. Okay, explain that. Okay, I want to hear this. Let, let me explain that uh-huh. because. Like, if a kid is grown up without anything, they learn how to appreciate everything and how to create things with that. Mm. And you see kids coming from schools like St. Newarka and building amazing businesses, mm-hmm. like, actually. But then you see the kids who are at the, these top schools, they end up becoming wayward and they lose themselves. Yeah. That's why I say it's, it's good to give a kid nothing so that they understand what something is. Because I had so many times where, like, I think I was, like, um, in grade one, where I was going to Highlands, right? No, I was, I was at Celebration International School mm-hmm. at first. Like, that's like a really great school. Mm-hmm. Super diverse, tons of wealthy, affluent people. And then I, I went to Highlands. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one day where I was like at school until like 7 p.m. Imagine you're like six years old mm-hmm. until 7 p.m. And then I, I went home and and I had to like direct my, my friend's parents there. I was like six. I, I, it was really tricky for me to remember. And then... Because your parents home. didn't come to collect you. They didn't come to collect me, but you know why? Like, why they didn't collect me? Because, like, all my dad's company cars had, like, been re- repossessed. Oh. Like, all of them. We had, right. like, no means of transport for, like, a mm. long, long time. And you see, now, those situations where I would sleep, where I would open the fridge and there's not enough food. Those situations when I would wake up and I'd have to bath in cold water and we'd have to walk kilometers to a tap. Is what made me appreciate the work that my parents put in. Mm. The and that's why I have to work hard in school so that I can create a future for my parents. Because before I buy a girl purse, I have to buy my mom a house. That's the truth. Before you buy a girl what? Before I buy a girl purse, I'm going to buy my mom a house. Wow. Grateful that my husband doesn't follow that. No, but like, I, I, I have a question for for, for you, T Mac and and Kuda, I, uh, Cookie Monster. Sorry, I, I have a question. Um, how do you maintain stable relationships, like in the romantic and platonic sphere, as you grow older? Because now I'm going to uni, and the way my generation's looking, I, I just don't want to end up taking drugs or with the wrong person or something. Mm. So I need like some life advice. Ah, do which you have gone out to if it's, about, <laughs> I'm joking. if it's about stable romantic relationships, yeah, I then I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> he is not the one. <laughs> Do you feel like having a relationship is like worth it? T-Max era? T-Max having maybe, a relationship like a perhaps, romantic one? Perhaps yeah. you can respond. Hmm. Do you feel like it's something kids should be thinking about right now? No, not right now. But I can understand why you would, because everyone seeks connection and being... Oh, wow. Okay. That's probably true. I hadn't thought of that. Experimentation. <laughs> no, he said it's not to find me. out. <laughs> but we did a bit of that, you know, at some point. But anyway, carry on, as, as you were. Yeah, no, everyone wants to be understood and to have mm. a deep connection with someone. They want to be able to say, that's my person. But those relationships also come with a lot of work. And yeah. also, they can come with trauma as well. Baggage. So... You also really have to choose really carefully. Like, don't choose someone for the sake of an experiment. I did that. Oh, snap. I've never done that, though. Did it end well? No, 
we did it in oh. well. <laughs> what was the happily ever after to this day? That didn't end well, but obviously I learned a lot through it. But could I have skipped it? Yes, definitely I could have done without that. And then you spend years trying to heal from something yeah. that you really just shouldn't have even been doing. Mm. So... Spare yourself. Yeah. Honestly, like if you can, just spare yourself. That's good. Isn't it like a, a good thing though? Because I feel like there's no perfect relationship because there are no perfect people. This is true. And then, like every relationship, people are coming with different types of baggage, and it's all about learning to understand the person better. One's coming with a suitcase, another person's coming with a 18 wheeler or something filled with trauma. Yeah. And it's all about unpacking that with more love and compassion rather than judgment. Yeah. True, and unpack it as friends. I would say this is Monashe, mm. uh, because I've been, I've had my fair share of experiences, right? Heartbreak. <laughs> a bit of that, but... Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you need a hug? <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Um, you're 17, right? Yeah. The way you have to look at life, and I'm saying this to you and to everybody else who's listening, who's in your age range, the thing about life is that Life, life is like this paradox where on one end it's it's really short, like me. As in, yeah, <laughs> you're seventeen, you're seventeen, and before you know it, you're thirty, yeah. and you're wondering Facts. what happened, you blink right? And yeah. So there's that, but then there's the <clears throat> other aspect of life, which is that life is really long as well, mm. uh, and by that I mean that all the small choices add up. Mm. And so the things that people do when they're younger that they think, ah, this doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, but those things can actually shape them for life. Mm. They can scar them for life or they can be really healthy things that they develop that begin to shape them for life. So I would say with things like relationships, I feel like people are generally obsessed with <laughs> relationships, right? People just, or rather, not, not obsessed, maybe not obsessed, but people are interested in romantic relationships naturally as human beings. Yeah. But I, th- I feel like there's a certain obsession that comes with relationships, especially right now, because everything around you is telling you that. You watch movies, um, all the music, everything is sort of that, that's the that's the messaging that's constantly coming. So you start to feel like yeah. I have to get into a relationship. The but you know what? Program. But you know what I would say? Yeah. I would say that when you're young, take time to get to know yourself. Yeah. Take time to get to know what you're about. Um, if you're a Christian, especially, take time to get to know who God is yeah. and who you are in God. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man. Like, re- w- once you become the kind of guy that you need to be, you, you will not need to worry about relationships. Yeah. You know, you you will always. You, you always, you just find the relationships that you need to find. So I don't think it should really be too, something that you're too too concerned about and too obsessed with. Rather build meaningful friendships. friendships. Amen. You know, meaningful. Yeah. I, I'm grateful for some of the people that are part of my life. Like T-Mac. Like, like T-Mac, you know? Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, That's even though point. Even though she... <laughs> that seems ingenuine. No, like. okay, no. We actually go really way back. We, we, we go way back. She's like really privileged to know me. I am. You know? So, um, in fact, all of us in this room, we've known each other since we're like... Lighties, but those are some of the friendships that that you need because mm. they ground you. They ground you. And yeah, those people know you, mm. and even when you're wilding out or losing your way at some point, I feel like when you just you just need one conversation with someone who knows you well to bring you back. Yeah, because then they're going to be like the T Mac I know. Yeah, would never. Or they sometimes don't even have to say it; just the look on their face <laughs> can be enough to just like make you realize, okay, actually, like your mother, like, I oh, just really didn't need to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's why I think those really, really deep, meaningful relationships. Those, those are really important. And I mean, I made a lot of mine in uni, so oh, maybe wow. you haven't found yeah all of your people yet. There's still room to add more people. True, <laughs> but um these people like these two gentlemen in this room um yeah they they know the core i suppose mm. to some extent of who i am and they can tell when i unfortunately <laughs> they can tell when something is so far <laughs> off from what i know that i want to be mm-hmm. that they can bring me back yeah. yeah do you feel like human beings have like a natural hole inside them like this void that needs to be filled and that's why they turn to things like relationships and finance and like religion just to fill that gap with can you go easy with the deep questions bro like <laughs> i wh- feel like we're supposed to be asking you we're, we're, we're supposed to be asking the questions <laughs> yeah you know and <laughs> anyway we're gonna we're gonna wrap up soon but 
maybe that question will lead to um, I think the last bit of the discussion that I wanted okay. to have before before we finish. Let's get back to the true core business. Every according to the Bible, we're all we're all born into sin. Amen. So we're all born broken. We're born into a broken world, yeah. and so there the, are gaps and. Um, liabilities that come with living in this world, yeah. especially without God. But I believe that is the yeah. reason why Christ came. Amen. Life is hard and Jesus. Yeah, that, that's the reason why Christ came. And it doesn't matter the generation. It doesn't matter. I think there's certain things that are common features of humanity. Yeah. No matter what, no, things that were there in the medieval mm. days, things that were there in the early, like in the first century, things that are going to be there a hundred years from now. Yeah. Mm. We're, we're broken people who don't want god right yeah. we, we we want self-aggrandizement we want to f- fulfill our own longings and our own needs so that's the part that god comes to fill god comes yeah. to to give us new life and god comes to to give life meaning and purpose and and so yes i i believe that as human beings without god you know we're, we're capable of Mm. The, the worst the fixer yeah. the perfecter the one who writes he, he's the, the only and so, and so when I think of your generation Monashe yeah. these are the things that I think about to say that we need Jesus uh, well you, we all need Jesus but I, I do find that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential in your generation um, and I think a lot of people talk about you guys as being unfocused as being That's all, all, all those things right mm-hmm. but I also I also feel that there are lots of men and women of God that are within your generation, that even in the midst of all those distractions with people like Monashe, yeah. who, who are still focused, and God always uses a remnant, you know what I'm saying? Mm. God always uses people in a generation to help redirect other people in that, in that generation. And so I don't think all hope is lost. Is lost. Is lost yeah. yeah. In every revolution, there's one man with a vision that's mm-hmm. willing to change things within it. Hallelujah. Yeah, that. Um, I do want to ask one very uh, specific question um, which would make it seem like I'm phone obsessed but let's take it back to the phone this phone is like a whole world Mm -hmm. in and of itself so you as a Christian male in high school how do you protect yourself against the vile things (laughs) that could potentially find you through your phone well, they're like vile things everywhere. Think about how Playboy was there in the 1950s. Yeah. You know about Playboy? Just, er, yeah. <laughs> I'm cultured. You remember about me. He reads, things, remember? You know? Okay. Yeah, and, then, and then like from... You if Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, UFN was, was, was wild. Yeah, it was wild. Am I carrying? I mean, you move from like the Playboys, then you move to like the internet and the, the dial-up little pictures, and then you move to now where everything is like easy access. At your fingertips, you know? yeah. Um, you got to set up blockers. I mean, one thing I like about iPhone is like the feature of safe search mm. on Google and your Safari. And people just need to set up those boundaries within their phones. But it's all about setting a mental boundary that mm. I'm not mm. going to search drug store near me i'm not going to search attractive young black women you know i'm not going to because everything is a rabbit hole and the slippery slope yeah. always leads into something because yeah. literally on instagram five swipes and you're going to see a woman in a bikini like that yeah and you're exposing that to people like at like 10 and yeah. think about the, how that restructures yeah. their minds you know and i think as parents and those around you guys we would rather deal with the I don't know if you can say symptoms as such, but we'd rather be like, I'm not going to give my child a phone until they're such and such an age and I'm going to have no internet at home. And That's I'm going gonna... to make them want it even more. <laughs> And thing. I'm going to say no Instagram, no TikTok, no, I don't know what That's else you guys use. That's when your child becomes a, a drug addict phone. Like, can you please like show me like three TikToks? I need something just to get me. I need some, some So that's not the way to, to manage it? What yeah, would be the best way as a, as a parent? As a parent? With their child. Man, I'm a kid. I, I don't know. But uh, I mean, what did, did your parents not have rules around your phone? Well, or I had like my devices? first phone when I was like 12 after grade 7. Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually like when I was in grade 6. I had like this little Nokia 3310, you know, the the, the Oh, booty, so you guys had gold. those? Yeah, oh. just to call my parents for communication ever since they, you know, forgot me at school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I had like a, a tiny, tiny Neo phone and... I remember when I was first exposed to like pornography at school, it was like this guy brought this Kama Sutra book to school. And I was like, what is this? Kama Sutra is terrible. What is this? <laughs> I was like, 
why does it, a 11 year old kid have access to this yeah and he was like i took it from my mom i was like oh uh, so you think about like the sp- the spaces that you're setting your kids around in you know i mean is i is your kid actually comfortable with talking to you about these things yeah are you setting that space for your kid to be transparent with you and say uh i found this because i mean most kids actually find porn first on their parents' phones. Mm. That's that the is thing. crazy. I didn't know that. That's yeah, the truth. I mean, let's say you're my dad and then you give me your, your phone. And mm-hmm. then I just oh, go dude. into the Google Drive and I find, oh, okay. And okay. Then wow. It all goes back to your the, the older generations being more responsible with themselves and their habits mm. towards their children and their habits. Because... You, I remember when my mom was running and exercising. She brings a medal home like every weekend from a marathon. Yeah, and that motivates me to exercise. Yeah, my dad's consistently going to church, consistently praying, writing books, reading, learning. That motivates me to read more and be mm-hmm. a better person. But now think about those kids that don't have access to that yeah. you know, happy-go-lucky situation where yeah. there's no father in the home. Yeah, where there's a mother who's an alcoholic. You know, it's hard to find that security. That's why. Finding the school, school can be a safe space for a lot of people. That's where you have the friends who are the good relationships and you find the love that you need. Because like you you said, everyone is deserving and requiring of love, compassion and affection. Mm. But if we can provide that to human beings in the slightest way, just by opening a door or greeting people with a touch, a word and a smile. Mm. I mean, things could change. We could change this world consistently. Just coming back to what you said, Monashe, which is really really deep because I think this speaks to... Um, I guess to parents, to the older generation, that what what we do in moderation, mm. our kids are going to do in excess. Yeah. Mm. And so we've got to be really Eesh. careful about that, Ooh. right? That just um, really hit me. Yeah. Your laziness will be in your children as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Munashe, another thing I want to know, there's the whole issue of... So acceptance is a big deal, you yeah. know, obviously... That conviction um, to it's, it's always been it's always been a big deal i think but i think more so now there's certain things that have become more amplified like we said because yeah, you, you're now i think also social media is yes huge you're not measuring yourself that. against kudara it would just be like that one hot chick who was in school mm. or whoever we saw on coke on the beat or something or mtv base doesn't matter it's not <laughs> it's not important but now you've got access to a plethora of things right on instagram on whatever and that really begins to shape your expectations and even you know what what you're measuring yourself against your benchmarks and all of that what i want to know is that um just really quickly for you and just for i guess you guys Mm. how how do you deal with that social pressure yeah that that sort of social pressure dealing with social pressure is very very difficult because sometimes as a teenager you feel like a tire the way there's always pressure put upon you <laughs> you know ah, it's tough i won't lie but you know as they always say pressure produces diamonds but not in this context really in this generation yeah, it because it's, it really context. creates like a toxic mindset where yeah. kids just feel like i have to satisfy everyone around me the mm. expectations that's placed upon you and even like the societal programming, like what you're saying, like kids feel pressured at like 13 to get a relationship. Mm. I mean, I feel like the best way to deal with social pressure is coming to a, self, a place where you don't actually necessarily need to be with people. Because a big skill that everyone on earth needs to learn is the skill of being alone. Yeah. And people don't have that skill. They mm-hmm. don't want that truth and intimacy to know themselves better. But they always want to satisfy everyone around them. I mean, I'm one person who was like always a yes man and I always try to satisfy everyone. And I, I do, do like nine clubs at school. Then you have youth and then you have Josh telling me to do the facilitation. Then you have Ben telling me to go do make a video. And then you have your parents. Then you still have your chores at home. Go wash the car and stuff. So it's it's really difficult to balance. But sometimes the best thing that you can do for yourself is find a quiet space. Breathe and discover who you are. I have like three novels, I have like three journals at home that are just filled with me just writing my emotions out. Mm. That's how you deal with the pressure. My aunt told me to go do the dishes and I was so frustrated. (laughs) I mean, 
even if it's you just letting your emotions out, just finding a positive coping An mechanism. Outlet, yeah. I mean, you sing, you play the drums, but there are kids out there that didn't grow up in that space. And even when it comes to sport, it's difficult for them to find that social aspect. We need to teach our kids more social skills, you know, okay. actually how to integrate within society properly because you're never going to be alone in life. That's the truth. But if you learn to be alone with yourself, that's a whole confidence builder. Because I, I'm obsessed with fashion. That's me. Like, yeah. I just love changing my outfits, my aesthetic, because it's, I feel like I, I'm changing my personality. It helps me cope with how I'm always switching myself up for everyone else around me. But when I'm by myself, I feel free. Okay. Finding that security in you. So, so basically, finding, finding healthy habits that allow you to... Yeah also focus on discovering who you are because what truly makes you happy yeah. Yeah. yeah what truly makes you happy what fulfills you because life moves pretty fast and if you don't start by to take it in you're going to miss it all that's good because children like your your youth should really be taken into account ecclesiastes even says enjoy your youth mm. but know that all of these things shall bring you to judgment that's why your relationship with christ should present you with tremendous responsibility and understanding mm. in everything that you do because finding Christ, he is your grace, he is your peace. Because sin will tell you that you are nothing, you are a loser, you are an addict, you are an adulterer. But God tells you, God knows who you are with those titles and still calls you his. Mm -hmm. He grants you the love and peace that you require in difficult seasons. And he is the voice in the calm of the storm. Because before Jesus calmed the storm, he was with them in the storm. He will grant you the peace that you require amidst the tumultuous and difficult times that you're in. Amen. Amen. And the, all the same shit. Amen. 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 Yeah. Was that good? I'm going to call you Remnant from now on. <laughs> Remy. Yeah, Remy. Because, wow. Yeah, you've got a very good head on your shoulders. Um, no, I don't have anything else to add. If um, people have any questions they have for Munashe or for us, please make sure you send us an email. Contact us on Instagram. Yeah, Okay, what's your email address? Nah, my Instagram is Monashe. Oh, your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you? And how did you bought on Instagram? Yeah. Trying to be cool for you, Monashe. Monashe, thank you so much, man. I I've really enjoyed this conversation, and thank you for yes, you're such a you're such a refreshing young yes young mind young man, and keep it up, keep going, keep running. You've definitely got a bright future ahead of you indeed yeah you want to get me into like a university or something <laughs> i'm scared of that i don't know if we have those types of connections but we'll pray for you but yeah, <laughs> we can do that you know yeah 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 we can we can make a plan <laughs> cool you know anyone like stanford by any chance you know no nah, you're a shoe in don't even worry about it <laughs> yeah stanford harvard wow you know yeah anyway all right guys thank you for listening and uh, we really hope you got some good takeaways on this episode about what the gen z's are facing and how those of us around them can be better positioned to understand them and to help them through this very tumultuous mm. time in history but yeah thank you for listening and a peace 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 thank you for listening to this week's episode of the radiant culture podcast if you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.